Welcome back to the podcast. This week's guest is Charlotte Cooper. Charlotte Cooper is the bass player of The Subways. The Subways debut album came out in 2005 and, and they're still releasing albums to this day. We spoke about The Subways' career, which has included Charlotte and frontman Billy splitting up and Billy's brother Josh leaving the band as well. We, we spoke about this, plus we spoke about working with different producers and how that changed the sounds of their albums. And we also touched on how it feels to be a woman in the music business. We spoke about all this and, as always, Charlotte picked her heroes to come for dinner. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Charlotte was a fantastic guest and I'll be back again next week with another episode. Thanks. Thank you very much. This is the Time for Heroes podcast, and this week I've got Charlotte Cooper, bass player in the Subways. It's a pleasure to have you on. What I usually do with my guests is just start off with your early life growing up, what life was like for you, and how that kind of pushed you into the, the music scene. Uh, cool. Well, thank you very much for, for having me on. It's, it's cool to be a part of. Um, so... Yes, wow, yeah, thinking about being a kid, not thought about that for a while now. Um, But yeah, I I played um, musical instruments from quite young. So I guess that probably, um, my mum taught me how to play the recorder when I was like seven, I think. And then learnt various classical instruments um, and then met Billy and Josh when I was like 14. And they were already in a band um, playing drums and guitar so they needed a bass player so they they thought they'd teach me and that's that there was no kind of grand designs or anything at first of all it was just like three kids making a racket really in a in our parents houses right and what was your ambitions then when you were young were you like were you always thinking about an anti-music or um so i think it's probably i think first of all just just wanted to play gigs, just wanted, like, we were super young, we were, like, 15, I think, when we first started, and we just wanted to play the local rock competition because that's what, you know, was available to us then. Um, but then we started getting more and more into it and wanted to play more and more shows and then started thinking, would it be cool if we could could do this? So I guess the thing that happened for us is the Glastonbury competition, which I think a lot of people know about, that we won that, and um, so that kind of got us a bit more press exposure, and then I guess everything kind of went a bit wild from there. One of the things about the band as well was that it was it was quite DIY, wasn't it? But like the recording was kind of in house, and um, I think Billy set up the website and stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously for a young band to be doing all that, taking all that on yourselves is there's a, a lot of undertaking there. So you, there must have been a bit of seriousness about it back then to be putting that effort in. I guess that's um, that's just sort of how you did things back then, I guess. Like a lot of bands have the story of having a forum on their website and that's sort of how you created a, a fan base. I think that's that's quite common for around that time. And I know that a lot of people that met on that forum still come to Subway's gigs, which is is really amazing. Um, yeah, and we were, you know, Billy's always been really in, interested in, in production and that side of things. Um, so he, yeah, he was he was recording us in his his mum and dad's living room, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Um, and yeah, I would just like find just Google like London venues and try and find places to send our CDs off to because 
it was before the time where you'd send a file like you sent an actual cd in the post to venues and before the time of social media so i think things are, are, are we're quite we're quite different then i think that that's how you just how you got gigs you just made a cd and you sent it round and you hope pr promoters might listen and and might let you come and play in their venues obviously you mentioned the the, the glastonbury competition obviously sending the, the cd off yeah. so i take it out was that Billy's idea again? Kind of, it does seem quite driven and focused. And yeah, can I talk us through that? Yeah, sure. So, so Billy, uh, he was recording um, a band at the time, and they said that they were going to send their demo off to Michael Evis because he was hosting a competition. And if you won the competition, you got to play Glastonbury. So we thought, oh well, we'll send ours off as well and just see what happens. And our CD was picked out, so we got to go and play. Um, play a gig like a kind of a I guess a fight yeah you know, it was like called a final so there was like a panel of judges but also like there's other people in the room and then and then we won and we got to play Glastonbury it's just you know like we never we genuinely never expected that at all mm -hmm. and so it was quite you know to go from playing to you know like maximum 50 people in small places in London to all of a sudden be on stage at the other the other the other stage at Glastonbury was just you know, it was unreal and we were only like 18 at the time like I was I was doing my A-levels I was like revising in the van on the way down to Glastonbury it was just you know, completely wild that that happened to us um but you know forever grateful for the opportunity and what's your relationship like with, with Glastonbury now with Michael and Emily uh, you seem to kind of be, be one of the bands kind of like a Glastonbury band we would love to play again we've always I think yeah, it's been really kind of them to invite us back um, a few times since then um, because it's it's just an amazing place to play. There's something very special about the festival. The crowd is always yeah, really exciting and you know, it's a nice place. It's great to place to hang out in afterwards as well. So, I, you know, really, I, we would love to come back. Um, no plans this year, but maybe next year. That'd be amazing. Mm. So, obviously, along with Glastonbury, uh, you did Redden and Leeds and uh, you went on a, a UK tour or this before the, the debut album was released. So what was it like going on tour the first time, playing all these little venues up and down the country and kind of cutting your teeth? How did that feel going out on the road at such a young age? Um, it was it's just wild. I mean, you couldn't think of anything better to be doing at 18 years old. It was just incredible. Um, and just really made us think, you know, we'd love, love being in a band, love being on stage, love playing shows. Um, and it was quite, a, you know, it was, it, was a, it was quite a long tour, quite an extensive tour. And I think that just sort of set us up for what we wanted to do as a band. We just want to tour. And we've always toured, you know, up until recent years, we've always toured, toured as much as possible for each album and kind of tried to just milk it as much as possible because that's what we love to do and that and so I think those early shows and that early tour really kind of set us up for that. Mm -hmm. When the album came out, I mean the album does sound like a kind of a live kind of subways gig, cracking album that like every song on it is like a, a banger, it's it's just one of the albums that everybody seems to get. Oh cool. Um, how, how was that? Recording that, obviously, you work with Ian Brody, and kind of when you look at Ian Brody, he seems to kind of work with bands on debuts quite a bit, even up until now. Um, so, was that kind of firstly, what was that like working with him? And secondly, is that kind of a conscious effort of him to work with up and coming bands? 
Um, so Ian is, it goes without saying, has um, incredible production, you know, abilities and he can really, he's really great at capturing sound, but I think capturing energy of bands. So I guess maybe that's why there's something special about when he works with bands on their debut, because there's a real energy about a debut album. He's, he's amazing at capturing that. But I, he's also, we found him to be um, a really huge mentor for us. You know, I kind of think because he's, he's been lightning seeds from quite young and has been always done music. I think he kind of brings a calmness and we, we were quite fiery back then, got two brothers in a band and, you know, we're kind of, there's very close relationships within the band and there, there was a certain fieriness to us. And I think he sort of brought like a calming kind of influence to that, um, to kind of focus us um, to, to get the, the album recorded. And he just had such an amazing career. And I think, you know, just the way, just working with him was, yeah, we're just, just the perfect person for us to work with at, at that time um, and at that age. Mm. What well, uh, obviously like the, the vocals on the like you, you and Billy's vocals kind of going back and forth was that like going back to the start of the band was that always a thing um, or was was it initially Billy singing and when did it come about that you started kind of coming in? It was definitely initially Billy Billy singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy singing now. I haven't always enjoyed singing. So I think it was definitely sort of, I think we felt that like there was an opportunity there to have um, um, a woman's voice in the band and to have to, you know, there's a lot of kind of, there weren't that many women playing around that time. So I guess we thought it would just add a different quality, obviously, because the higher nature and different frequencies of the voice would, you know, kind of add something to, to the, the sound of our music. So um, I've worked hard on it to get to the point where I feel I feel happy singing now. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like those songs, just they wouldn't sound the same with, with your voice on it. That's and it does it kind of sets you apart for the other bands of that time. The success of that album, I mean, you you started getting support gigs with, with big bands. I, I'm, you played with Foo Fighters, didn't you? And I'm pretty sure they just play with Oasis as well on that tour. Um, yeah, so we play. Yeah, yeah, we've got. We're lucky enough to play. Yeah, with Foo Fighters, with Oasis, um, you know, two bands which were huge influence on us. You know, I think Foo Fighters are largely considered to be one of the greatest live experiences. You know, um, so to to play with them was amazing. And Billy, like Billy, always says that Supersonic is one of the songs that wanted to make him pick up a guitar. So, just huge honor to play to play with those bands. Yeah, for sure. So, like the second album, a different producer, Butch Vig, did he work with Nirvana? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've I've got all my notes here, but can I good? I'm just stuck in my bed. I'm a bit fuzzy. Um, no, for sure, no, 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 no. But um, what was the difference like? What with 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 Butch as compared to Eden? So. I think a lot of it was kind of the location as well, because the um, uh, first album was recorded um, in Liverpool. Second album, we went to LA um, with, 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 yeah, with, with Butch Big and just like this big sort of LA studio just sort of felt quite grand, I guess. Um, and to be in a completely different place we'd never really spent much time in before was just like a really influential part of it as well. Um, and then, you know, the, the level to which Butch works at is, you know, is amazing. It's still very young. It's still quite daunting to be sort of 20, I think I must have been 
I think I was 21, 20, 21. To be working with someone that's worked with like your favorite bands is just, you know, absolutely like beyond your wildest dreams. And still like, I think at the time we were so used to things like snowboarding and you just sort of got on and did stuff. It's only now kind of looking back and the last two years sort of enforcing everyone to take a bit of a break, but you kind of look back and you think, how on earth, like I was 19, 20, 21, these things happened. Like how, how on earth did that happen to us? And how, how, you know, like I just, just so incredibly lucky. And um, obviously around about that time as well, you and Billy split up. So how hard, what, what was the thinking around about that? Because I, like, if I was now, if I was with my girlfriend, I split up, I would, like, you went as far away from them as possible. So for you to continue to be in a band together, it's, it's like an amazing achievement to kind of be able to do that. So how did that come about? Was there any thinking of splitting up? I think there was, there was never any thought of not carrying on with the music. I know that sounds kind of odd. I think we just didn't even think about that because we're just... Like, well, neither of us wants to stop that. <laughs> you know, we may like, we may not want to be together, but you know, still want to. You know, this is this is what we know, and this is what we love to do. I guess, yeah, there was never any any thought about about not carrying on. But you didn't even think, yeah, did I don't. It's very strange to think about that, but yeah, it's never even thought about it. It was always, you know, we love this so much, and there's got to be a way to work together. Well, that's amazing. I, I would just have found it so awkward. I think. How did um, like in that situation? How did Josh help? Was Josh kind of like a buffer between you? In that sense, I guess when you're a three piece, there is yeah, there's there's close relationships between between the three of you. So yeah, I think um, I think he just he he definitely kind of helped to yeah, kind of like it, it neutralize I guess because it was not just me and Billy. Like it's the three the three people. So. Um, yeah, kind of it. Those that that dynamic was still there, and that kind of hadn't really changed at all. Right. So the initial success of the first album, and it's kind of you've never really been able to kind of um, hit that again in your subsequent albums. But as art, obviously, you still want to bring out these albums, and you still got a a loyal following. So how's that? How has that affected you? Kind of. Do you think it was always meant to be like that? You were going to bring out a big album and then it was going to be, in some terms, like in chart success terms, kind of downhill for there. And how have you dealt with that? So I think, um, I think things have just changed hugely in music since the release of that first album. You know, that first album came out in a time when people still bought albums. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's, there's that whole side of thing which completely changed Um as well um and I think for us like I guess maybe we we don't play in the UK so much anymore but Germany's become a really important place for us and we play more in Europe and I guess we've sort of we've never really been huge anywhere but we're kind of at an okay level in quite a few different countries so that we can play festivals each year and it can still you know financially it can still be viable and it can still be what we call our job although I use that as a very loose term it's it pays my bills, but I don't see it as a job. If you see what I mean, yeah, I'm very lucky that that's yeah. kind of what we, we're still we're still able to do and be be in that position. I was going to mention that actually, Germany rang a bell that you were kind of you were you were big there. So what what was your, what is the differences do you think in like the music scenes in other countries? Like 
as as there a big difference between Germany and the UK in terms of what sort of music's big? So I think for for us there is, yeah, because we're you know Germany is by far our main country that we play in, and then um, a lot of the countries surrounding Germany, so like Poland, Czech Republic, um, Hungary, um, Austria, Switzerland, they all kind of get bits of German TV and kind of radio stations sort of infiltrate, and so that's kind of that sort of Germany and the surrounding area is kind of we could be that's where we play now, really. That's like where we um, that's where we need to get back to, which is is still difficult at the moment because you know there's there's so many different we're not going into that because so many things going on at the moment but um so that's I don't know what it is really to be honest I don't we have no idea we're just something has clicked for us in Germany and I don't quite know what yeah. but our music just people understand it there and people get it and people want to come to the shows and the festivals are always amazing and we can play like we're hopefully going in May to play like a three week three week tour just in Germany right. so yeah, and I just I just really hope that happens and we can get back to that, yeah. Obviously, as well as that, what you were saying about back at the start, music was different and music was bought differently. Obviously, you were kind of coming in at the end of guitar music, weren't you? Like, guitar music was kind of dying away. You were kind of like the last breed of that. And you were different for the other bands. You, were, you weren't like the, the view or... Liberties, you were kind of, you were a bit harder. There was a bit of a harder sound, a bit of a rockier sound. So, do you think that that kind of set you apart a bit at the time as well? Because looking at you, now he's a kind of more, I would say, the sound of maybe Royal Blood or somebody like that, kind of that came after. So, do you think that part of the problem that you there wasn't anybody else sounding like you? As much as Sorry. Yeah. As much as much as it's nice to sound different, there's also that part where there's there's not really anything like that. So. Yeah, we. I think um, we we def, we didn't feel like we fitted in. Really, we weren't we weren't quite enemy. We were too rock for enemy, but then we weren't quite doing what the Kerrang bands were doing. So uh-huh. we didn't really have anywhere to be put. If you know what I mean, and I know that there's a, another band that we're friends of, Blood Red Shoes, who are at the similar time. And mm. they kind of felt the same way that they didn't really fit anywhere, but were sort of a little bit like what was going on. So it kind of we kind of got swept up in certain scenes, but not quite. And it um, so I think maybe that's given us longevity. I don't know because we're still doing it now. Um, because I guess we weren't sort of just pigeonholed into a you know this every, everyone was doing back then. But yeah, definitely didn't quite fit in. I guess. <laughs> I rambled on there with that question. I didn't really know where it was going, were they? <laughs> I knew what you meant, right? <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, the third album, again, working with a, a massive producer, Stephen Street, uh, Blur and the Smiths, amongst others. So, again, kind of, what was the differences, again, for Ian and for Butch to working with Stephen? So, I think by this point, we were a bit older, felt a bit more experienced. Um, so... I think a different, I think a lot of it has been, you know, the different experience working with producers each time, but, you know, us as a band feeling kind of in a different place as well. And I think, I guess there was more, we had more confidence when we started working with Stephen Street and kind of a bit more sure of what we wanted to do. But then I think um, Stephen did have a huge influence. I think it's our most like British sounding record. And I think, you know, like you say, he worked with people like the Coral and Blur, very sort of, you think about, 
you know, he was very much part of that sort of Britpop, you know, kind of sound. So I think that that influence is definitely, you can really, really hear that on, on that yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, because as I, as I kind of noticeable difference, I think, for, for the, the first two. Next album, obviously Josh left the band. Um, so how is, how is that dealing with that? Have, it's been the three years for so long, and then to have somebody new come in to replace Josh, how, how hard is that? Can I, uh, the so is- change the band dynamic? So I think initially when when Josh left, I just th- I thought, yeah, how I don't quite know how we're gonna do this because that's like you say, it's kind of the three of us. The three pieces are like kind of everyone has a quite unique role, I think. And Josh was very very unique and individual drummer. And so I think what we quite quickly realised was we can't look to replace Josh. It's not going to be the same. We just have to think with we're just a, a you know a new version of the subways moving forward and it's not going to be like before but that 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 will be that'll be okay we'll just we'll find our way with with somebody new and Camille joined us as about a year she's been with us now but we're still not you know because of um you know just yeah, like restrictions or anything we still we've still not done a huge amount so she's done um which she did we think we we did like a 15 year celebration of young fraternity which we started in 2020 and got three shows in and then it was cancelled so we she did the final six shows of us last september mm-hmm. and then we're looking forward to hopefully doing this german tour in may and then festivals of summer with her and then we've, we've just finished our fifth album um but it, that i say we've just finished it we finished it like you know probably it's probably about a year ago, but we haven't released it because of various, you know, different complications in the world right now. But um, so she, Camille's not actually played on the album. That's all Josh. So Josh played right. everything on that fifth album, which will be coming out later this year. So looking forward, you know, Camille's awesome. She's an amazing drummer, but like super cool to hang out with as well. So just looking forward to seeing what direction we go with her and what influence she's going to bring. Obviously when you needed a drummer, was there any, was there at any point where you thought about your husband? Um, so I think then we'd have really big childcare issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's hard enough um, with, with us in different bands. I think there was never any like, I just couldn't cope with that. Like we just, what on earth would we do with the children? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, on that, the fourth album, um, was that self-produced then? Yeah, so Billy produced the fourth album, so, yeah. And he's produced the fifth same. one as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what's the difference like then with that? I mean, obviously, even going right back to the start, obviously Billy was quite hands-on and quite kind of DIY with everything. So is it kind of, is this like the band going full circle? Yeah, definitely. And I think there's a, quite a huge element of the fourth album where it felt like we are kind of going back to that sort of energy and that time um of of young fraternity and then and then before young fraternity as well um and just completely different experience being in the sort of home studio environment and kind of having and you know endless amount of time to to work on things and 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 sort of think about what direction wants to do with the songs and i think with that's kind of been more applicable i think this time around with the fifth album um because of um you know covid and everyone being at home we did we ended up doing a lot of it separately and kind of sending files down to billy to 
to sort of cobble together in, in his studio. But they just, I think this fifth album does the new one sounds you know really very different to anything we've done before, just because I don't know, I just got endless amount of time to sit and play synths in my bedroom. Like it just <laughs> you know, kind of set sent us all on like different tangents. But I think that's been quite cool. And I think it's yeah, it sounds sounds quite different. Right. So so I'm expecting a more eighties sound. Some of it, yeah. I think me and Billy listen to a lot of eighties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's definitely that influence in there, yeah. <laughs> it must it must take a lot of pressure off though, like as you say, like having like having your own studio, there's no kind of there's no as much time constraints, and then obviously the way the world's been, you've kind of been locked in. So again, there is less of a rush and more time to just concentrate on the 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 actual art. So yeah, yeah, so it's really it's, it's been good. Do you know what I mean? In that, I found I was very grateful to have something. Um, positive and something relating to the future to be working on whilst we were all, you know, in that first lockdown when things were really quite scary. I think everyone was, no one knew it was happening and kind of to have just to go upstairs and forget all about that and work on some music was, you know, just an amazing gift really. And I felt very, you're very lucky to have it. Once we kind of worked out a way to do it, I'm like, oh no, actually I can record bass here and then I can send it to Billy and he can jazz it up and I can record vocals like a very raw version and I can send like we, we just managed to make it work and it it yeah and it, it, I think it, it it did work really well and just I think just yeah I, I quite enjoyed just losing my mind a little bit on my own upstairs it was quite, it was quite good <laughs> yeah well especially uh, now that you're a mother it's kind of it's nice to have some sort of escape as well isn't it with the music yeah uh, which kind of leads me on to the, like the next question, which is, how do you feel you've changed since Young Fraternity came out up until now? How do you think you, as a person, has evolved? Oh, like, I think everybody goes through a huge change from 18 to, well, I'm now 36. So that's, it's a, in, in, I mean, a completely, you know, different different place when I was like, 18 or just like, just, just everyone's a bit wild aren't they and I was no different and now I kind of think a lot more a lot more settled and um just I guess maybe a bit more a bit more calm in some ways maybe less calm in other ways <laughs> you know I think yes yeah, it's a big, big change between 18 and 36. It's <laughs> it uh, it hard like, I, I mean me as a like, uh, as a fan and like a gig goer um having having children like it's noticeably cuts down the amount of gigs you get to go to. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, like, it must be really hard when they're banned and having, having the kids, like as you, you mentioned earlier, with your husband, like childcare issues. So how, do, how does that work? Obviously, you've not really kind of toured extensively for a while anyway, so how do you see that becoming? <laughs> once, um, once that, that, I'll, be, I'll be completely honest. We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel like that with with children. No one, everyone's just making it up, aren't they? But I feel like you know we we just take one because he my, my my husband plays in a band, but he also he's a tech and he tours. You know, he's, he's off to America next month for five weeks. So we just we have to we just take each tour as it comes. 
we've got really, really good grandparents who are very willing to help us out where we need to. And we just, I think we just try and, we, 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 it's not too bad this year. There's only a few, a few clashes of a few days here and there. So I think, I think we're all right for now. And we'll just, <laughs> just take it as it comes. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, keep it like that. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, we, the last question about how you've evolved, kind of, as well as that, how do you think the music industry's changed in terms of women? in the time that you've been in it? Do you think it's got better or worse? Obviously, there have been, there've been some incidents in the, in the last couple of months with um, bands calling it fans at gigs for inappropriate behaviour and things like that. So in terms of being a woman in the, the music industry, how do, you, how do you feel that's evolved and how do you think it could get better in the future? I think if we're focusing on positives, I think the positive thing is that there's more awareness now that um, that more needs to be done and that we can't just just keep treating women that way. Um, so I think the awareness is only a positive thing and hopefully can keep moving forward. But there's still there's still I feel like there's still a mountain to climb with it. Um, I think I think there are things which are better because I think. You know, some of the, the things I read about myself in the early days, people just would not write that now, which is obviously a really positive thing. But you know, it freaking sucks that that happened back then and that people felt it was OK to kind of objectify women and kind of there's very there, I thought there was a very dismissive nature when Young Fraternity came out. People were very dismissive of, of women in bands. Now I feel like there's a lot more respect. So that's definitely a big positive. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, it's like all this um, NME hottest women of the year and stuff like that, and it's like it kind of takes so much away from what you're trying to achieve. You've 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 not come into music to be, as you say, put put there as an object for people. You're you're there because you want to do that, and you you need to be given the respect. So I that that's that's a bit really other than the. The, the end part of the, the podcast, which is obviously it's called Time for Heroes, and I ask for usually four heroes. It depends. The, the, it's, the, it's the episodes I've got on. People have picked kind of some people. you get a list of about 20 people because they can't work. Then. <laughs> big dinner party. Um, so, yeah. So depending on how, how big your house is, um, you may list of your, your heroes that are coming for, for dinner and what you would cook them. Um, so yeah, yeah, four four people in my kitchen would be plenty. <laughs> so we'll stick with four. <laughs> um, so I'd say I was thinking about this. I think Shirley Manson, Courtney Love, um, PJ Harvey, um, and Charlotte Hatherley. And uh, the reason I picked those four is because they were four, which were hugely influential around when I first started playing mm-hmm. um, playing bass. And you know, those were the people that. I wanted to be and as for what I'm going to cook them I've become very fish fingers and chips over the past few years because that's like what's it it's what my kids eat but um I do quite I quite like making a nice a nice veggie curry so hopefully they'd like a veggie curry (laughs) it's like literally the only thing I can cook (laughs) obviously touching on um Charlotte a lot of people because I'm kind of I was hoping you would say her, because yeah. she was probably when 
I got into music kind of Britpop, so like kind of before you were it. So Charlotte was probably the the most kind of the one kind of woman figure that was kind of out and about at that point, really. Um, so was she always kind of an inspiration when you were young, growing up? Obviously, you had the same name. He's kind of <laughs> yeah, um, kind of this. Pretty much the same style of music as well. Ash were quite kind of yeah that sort of thing, and he's he's preferred a, a a song as well, the same song. Oh yeah, yeah. He's preferred mm-hmm. Does he realise that? Um. So was was she kind of the the one inspiration at that time? Yeah, she was a huge inspiration. I just you know saw remember seeing. Um, videos of her playing, you know, the album with, I can't remember the album, the album with like Meltdown on it and they're the kind of their heaviest album. And I just thought yeah. she was like just so cool and just watching her play, you know, super talented guitarist and just, and oh, and the thing about her as well was I always loved her backing vocals. So I really thought I gave like, a, they gave such a sparkle to, to the Ash songs, even on the heavier songs, you know, you get to the chorus and kind of give this like light and, and kind of, real melody to to on top of like really heavy guitars and I think yeah she's just awesome and we we got to one of our very first support slots was it is even I think it was 2004 actually so it's even before Young Fraternity is we got to she released a so her first solo record mm-hmm. and we played about four four shows with her and it was yeah just I remember meeting her just not knowing what to say <laughs> you know totally starstruck <laughs> there I mean the the song that got me more than anything, it wasn't even, it was a cover song, cover of Weezer, only in Dreams, see the, the bass oh, line yeah. and that, and that's, that's brilliant, and I'll, I'd love to hear maybe um, a Subway's cover of that as well, man, that would be brilliant. Cool idea. Because <laughs> um, it, it's, a, it's a brilliant bass line in it, it just kind of yeah. goes on forever. But I I mean, they, they're all brilliant, and it's nice to have um, four women heroes, Um I thought I'd get this out a bit earlier. It could have been out on International Women's Day and we do I do mean the top of the podcast charts. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes Podcast. If you would like to get in touch, the best way is on the Facebook page, Time for Heroes Podcast or on Instagram at Time for Heroes Podcast, or Twitter at Time for Heroes P1, or drop me an email at Time for Heroes Pod at gmail.com. You'll find Time for Heroes on all podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Please leave a review where you can. Share with others and more importantly, enjoy.